this group of women and always Mary Magdalene. Oh, Jackie went away. How long was she off? Jackie? Hello? 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 Where'd you go? I don't know. It started to get really weird, so I just decided to recall you. Perfect. That's like kind of how uh, the resurrection story went. Yeah. Hello? Hello? Where did you go? Yeah. I decided to recall you. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, God put out a recall on Jesus, it's, so we had to take him back. <laughs> I sent him to the bottom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister. I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the digital resource curator. And if you're listening to this, it is Easter. He's risen. What? Yes. Yeah. It's a weird place for us, though. Because I can't say hallelujah. Because we're... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whoopsie. Maya and I are in Monday Thursday. Yeah. Jackie is in Good Friday. Oh. So we've yeah. got two thirds of the Tridium covered, and you all listening to this are in Easter. So between the three of us, <laughs> we've got the whole three day cycle yeah. of Holy Week covered. We're experiencing it. We're experiencing yeah. it all together. So it's a, an interesting <laughs> liminal, a liminal space for us all. <laughs> the eternity of the current moment is ever-present in our relationship with one another. So um, here we are uh, for you all uh, for right now. We're just going to say it's Easter. So very exciting. <laughs> and um, because it is Easter, you know, I don't know how many times you all have been to church in Holy Week, but uh, there's been a lot of readings, and it doesn't stop with Easter because on Easter Sunday there are two options for uh, gospel readings for the principal service on Easter. So today's going to be a little different. We're going to jump right into it because there's a lot of gospel reading to do and then talk about. So uh, there's a reading from John, which is from John chapter 20, and a reading from Luke, and they are the um, resurrection accounts, the Easter Sunday accounts from both of those different Gospels. So it's an, it's pretty much everybody out there has a 50-50 chance of hearing one or the other. So we're going to read them both and then talk about uh, three points um, that they share, essentially, so that all three of the points will be transferable between the two Gospels, depending on which one you listen to. And like every week, uh, the Faith to Go resources, which you can find on our website at www.myfaithtogo.org, are all going to be based on the gospel story, specifically on uh, John 20. But again, all of those uh, three points that we're going to highlight from the gospels will work for Luke or for John, whichever one you hear in church this Sunday. So make sure to go check out all of the resources uh, on the website. And if you would like us to answer any questions or share any stories or comments from your week of faith discussion this first week of Easter, we would love to hear from you. You can send all of those communications uh, directly to us, uh, faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. That's our email address. You can also contact us through our website, or you can direct message us on Instagram at faith2go. So we're going to get into it right now. Uh, and so Jackie is going to read the gospel from John, and then I will read the gospel from Luke, and then we will highlight our three points. So Jackie's going to read John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, 
while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, but we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that they that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. All right. That was the gospel from John. I love that gospel story. So good. Uh, Okay. So this is Luke chapter 24, uh, verses 112. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven, and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the disciples. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, then he went home, amazed at what had happened. So those are the two Gospels from Sunday. One from John, one from Luke. As you know, all four of the Gospels have an uh, Easter story, an empty tomb, a resurrection story, uh, varying lengths and in different details present in each of them. Pretty much everyone has these this group of women and always Mary Magdalene as the first one that Jesus encounters uh, in his resurrection. 
the thing that always, that struck me when I was listening when I was listening to Jackie and then when I was reading it is like <laughs> it's just so funny that like Jesus spends three solid years telling his disciples that this exact thing is going to happen <laughs> and all of them are so confused right and none of them really it's like such it's like such an interesting testament to like how hard it is to believe that amazing things can happen like they they really are uh resistant to this idea that something so incredible and crazy could happen in their lives and it happens and none of them are particularly ready for it anyway uh so we're each going to you don't need any context because you know where we are in the gospels we're at the end um so my point i'm gonna go first and the point I wanted to make is uh, kind of this story arc of Mary that I find intriguing. So it says in Luke that um, that this group of women was going to the tomb. Let's see. The first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. So the thing that the interesting thing about the timing of all this is that because of when Jesus died, they weren't able to prepare the body fully like they would a uh, regular uh, death of a person because uh, it happened the day before the Sabbath. So Jesus died, you know, traditionally like we'll, we you celebrated already and we will celebrate and Jackie is celebrating uh, the <laughs> on Good Friday. <laughs> um, if Jesus died at, you know, if Jesus died at three o'clock in the afternoon, that doesn't give you a whole lot of time before sundown to do much work because once sundown happens, it's the Sabbath. Yeah. And so they take the body down and all they have time to do is wrap it in linen cloth and then lay it in the tomb. And then their plan is to you know, observe the Sabbath, that day of rest, and then go back on Sunday and, um, and anoint the body. So that's what they're going back for. They have spices and anointing oil and, and all these things that to traditionally prepare this body to decompose in the tomb. And, and so I just, I love this idea. One thing I think is really cool is that like the Sabbath, this, this, this created day of rest is this kind of like is kind of like the 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 thing that breaks up this whole process mm. and makes it into this like multi-day process. You know, I think that's that's kind of a really cool idea and and the idea that like Jesus on that Sabbath is you know, in this mystical, mysterious way embodying the the ultimate depth of that kind of eternal rest in actual death, you know? And which I think is really cool. <laughs> that was a mind blown sound effect for those wondering at home. Whoa! So I, I love that. I love the idea that like Jesus is like plumbing the depths of what the Sabbath looks like on the Sabbath. Rest. Yeah, and then that Sabbath, that like ultimate rest, proves to be not an end but a new beginning, which is right. the whole point of the Sabbath, really. Is that it's like the end of it's like the end of the week, and then 
brings us to a rebirth into a new week, kind of. So we we can celebrate that every week, and that's kind of why we have principal services on Sunday mornings, you know, and celebrate the Eucharist and that remembrance of the death and resurrection. And so I think that's a really cool thing that struck me when we were when I was reading this. And then the other thing is is this part is this similarly then in John, if we're thinking about the reason that Mary is going to the tomb, it is to anoint Jesus. And what we just heard two weeks ago was the story of Mary anointing Jesus. We can presume the same Mary. Um, it doesn't say Mary Magdalene when it's talking when it was talking about Mary at Bethany with you know Lazarus and Martha. Um, but if we presume it's the same Mary, then we had the beginning of this story arc back in you know that was eight chapters ago in John's Gospel. It was only a few weeks, but in terms of the Gospel narrative, it was a number of chapters earlier before they entered Jerusalem, and so. Mary anointed Jesus' feet, as you might remember. And then remember what Jesus' words were to the disciples who said that she should have sold it for uh, money was that he said, leave her alone so that she can use this on the day of my burial, right? And so Mary is going to, like, complete that task. So Mm -hmm. she's kind of – she began this task of anointing Jesus – when he was still alive and now is going to complete this task after he has died and is in the tomb. And what she finds is that Jesus is not there. And so I think it's so interesting that Mary is bearing witness to this. She's like bearing witness to this deeper identity of Jesus, both in anointing him and in not being able to anoint him, Mm. you know? And so uh, there's something about that same thing about like the interruption of the Sabbath is like, again, this is kind of that interruption of her process is like she had an expectation of how her like service to Jesus was going to turn out. And she was expecting to anoint him. And then this amazing resurrection thing happens Mm -hmm. and it changes all the plans. And to me, that's kind of like the, that is the promise of resurrection in our own lives is that we have an idea of how things are going to go. And almost always those plans get interrupted and Mm -hmm. almost always they turn out to be even more amazing and wonderful than we could have imagined. Because Mary was expecting maybe to have this holy moment of anointing Jesus's body at this early hour on the first day of the week. And she does get a holy moment with Jesus, but it's not the one she was expecting. And it's even more holy than she could have ever anticipated. Yeah. And I, I think that that leads into my point. Um, and, and my point is like the juxtaposition of Mary's reaction and Peter's reaction. Um, and Peter in, in both of these gospels is acting uh, I think he's acting very similar to how the church acts whenever the bishop comes to visit. Um, and, you know, like he knows it's important and it's going to be a great service, but he has a lot to do to make sure the bishop knows that the church is doing everything right. And Peter wants everyone, everything to be perfect and everyone has to know and all of these things need to be done now. And um, and so, you know, he, ha- he has his checklist and he's following through with that checklist and he's doing all of these things and doing a lot of running around 
And that is how he, and, and I think also that is how I approach situations. Um, but kind of in that more chaotic, what are we supposed to be doing right now thing? But Mary in both of these stories really comes to Jesus and comes to this situation and comes to this moment with her presence and with her abiding presence and, and faith and her love of Jesus. Um, and that faithfulness helps her to meet Christ in those situations and her faithfulness helps her to open her heart and be present. And her faithfulness helps her to have a very deep moment with Jesus and with her faith. And that is what she's able to carry back into her community. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think that that's a good, it's an interesting way to look at, at how we approach situations and how we approach these moments and how we approach Jesus and Easter and all holidays in the church. Um, it is very easy to be like Peter, mm-hmm. but how do we be more present and be like Mary? Yeah. And I'm always, I'm always struck in these stories by two things. One is how nobody ever, the men don't believe the women. Yeah. They think it's mm-hmm. an idol tale. Why would they make that yeah. up for attention? Right. Like, okay, babe, go like, right. no, no, and this, and in not believing, then Peter in both stories is running to the tomb to check right. for himself. You know, Wait, full story, Mary. Right, and then running away from the tomb, really and then fast. just goes home. Just goes, That's I, what it I, says. I, I, I think it's really interesting too. And he just uh, went home, on a little uh, football. It's like, what are you doing? Right. You know? It's like you already had the crow, the the rooster thing that didn't work out so well for you. Yeah. Like, redeem yourself, Peter. Yeah. You know? Right. And you're, instead, you're he's just running around, <laughs> running around, and then runs home. Yeah. And, like, just, and then he just goes home. Especially in that, and I love that idea of like, of like the pace of Mary, like you're saying, like slowing down, looking around, the presence she brings to the whole situation, and like the juxtaposition of her with whatever, you know, combination of male disciples there is in the story they're always just like running around frantically trying to figure it out and learn for themselves and see for themselves and running home and whatever they're doing but it it almost makes me think like i'm imagining this situation it almost makes me think like maybe jesus was just standing there the whole time it's not like he appeared to mary it's like he was just standing there and they're all like running around frantically it's only because mary takes the time to like be present at the tomb and cry and mm-hmm. weep and look around and that remain. she recognizes Jesus in this situation in the whole thing she finally mm-hmm. sees him it's amazing so that leads to my point yeah so it um my thing is from the John gospel but of course applies to both where um Jesus appears to Mary and she thinks he's the gardener he says her name as David mentioned she cries out uh, Raboni, and she, you know, reaches for him, and he says, "Don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father." And he instructs her to go and tell the other um, disciples, you know, what has happened. And she goes. And I wanted to kind of focus on the point where he says, "Don't ho- hold on to me." Um, I think, in a way, he's our her reaction after seeing him. Like there must have been obviously the biggest wave of 
relief and joy and awe um, just hitting her at once. And it seems that her first instinct might have been to hug him, mm-hmm. as it is for many of us. Mm. Um, we embrace each other and that our primary faculty that we really use to connect with one another is through sight and through touch and um, just material, like, you know, our senses. And I think Jesus is telling her, don't hold on to me in the physical form because after he's ascended, there is no physical form left, but he's still here. And so I think he's kind of warning her in a way, don't cling on to material, the material manifestation of me, the physical um, tap into something that goes beyond your physiological capabilities to understand me. And instead you are now kind of made to um, hone your skills to access me and call on to me in a way that you can't do physically with your sight and your ears and your um, calling my name. Uh And so I think that goes to the physical version of Jesus, but also monuments to Jesus or monuments to anything, memorializing anything. Because we know that, well, I don't know about no, but I feel in the very core of my being, the no beyond knowing, right, Uh that Jesus is alive. But he is alive even though his heart isn't beating, Uh you know. Uh Uh, But is you know, he's here and and his spirit dwells within us and so she is kind of i think the first one that's told like and i think she's like the first one to understand like this is gonna have to go beyond me physically coming Mm -hmm. back because i'm gonna leave again yeah and the thing you said about her you know interact learn having like jesus knowing that she will need to learn to interact and like feel his presence or the presence of god in a new way once he's gone is like that it's that I think that's such a cool such a cool way of thinking about it uh of that indwelling that indwelling presence of God that we all have you know that inner implicit union with God that we have that is kind of part of our whole spiritual journey to continue to reconnect with and tap into and become aware of and it's like Jesus is saying if you hold if you spend the rest of your life holding on to this moment of me you that will be like the barrier to you going into depth of this union with god that exists and will continue to mm-hmm. exist you know and i think that it it kind of for us it could be almost this idea like if you we may we may have like an 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 incredibly impactful spiritual experience or experience god in an amazing way and then just want to hold on to that and like hold on to it for so long that it actually keeps us from experiencing God again. Mm-hmm. So instead of hold, Jesus is saying kind of like, instead of holding on to me right now, Mary, like repeat the experiment again, you know, mm-hmm. be present with another gardener and see how you see me then. Exactly. Be Don't present try with to another keep the, empty doing tomb. the one thing that right. works that one time. Yeah. Okay. That's three whole points. Right. Already. Number one was me, uh, and it was about uh, this, that uh, that rest of the Sabbath kind of being the interruption in this whole process of of Jesus's death and resurrection, and then in that in between time of Mary 
you know, going back and uh, wanting to anoint Jesus and, you know, finding an even more wonderful interaction than she was expecting. Number two was Jackie's about the juxtaposition between Peter and the other male disciples in the story and the women and specifically Mary Magdalene and that presence that Mary brings to this whole situation that leads to her interaction and engagement with Jesus. And then number three was Maya's uh, about this letting go that Jesus invites us to all the time, letting go of our experiences of God to kind of retry the experiment another time and continue to seek Jesus in all these different situations rather than holding on to the times where we have experienced God in the past. So uh, because we had a lot of gospel, a lot of scripture reading, we're not going to read them again. But (laughs) if you'd like to hear them again after hearing that story, depending on which one you heard, go back and read the gospel you heard on Sunday for yourself. uh, Keep these three points in mind. And then uh, take those three points into your conversations uh, about faith and your personal reflections about faith this week, this first week of Easter. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been our uh, Easter One podcast uh, in Year C. And if you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection, please send them to us at faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. Follow us on Instagram at faith2go. Make sure to rate and review this podcast. And we hope you have a holy beginning to your Easter season. And until next time, say goodbye. Bye. Bye, everyone.